just suppose God searched through heaven he couldn't find one willing to be the supreme sacrifice that was needed that would buy eternal life for you and me oh had it not been for a place called mount calvary had it not been for the old rugged cross had it not been for a man called Jesus then forever my soul would be so glad he was willing to drink his bitter cup although he prayed father let it pass from me and I'm so glad he didn't call heaven's angels chapter 2. Wasn't that wonderful? Had it not been of all of the gifts that I've ever been given, the greatest gift that's ever been given to mankind is Jesus Christ. I'm so thankful for the gift of Jesus. You've been given a lot of stuff, but you've never been given a person except when God gave you his son, Jesus. Now, I'm so thankful. During this busy time of the year, it's so hard to keep our priorities right. 
It's so hard to remember the true reason for the season. Well, folks, this time of the season is not about gifts. It's not about Christmas trees. It's not about Santa Claus. It's about that God gave us His only begotten Son to come into this world born of a virgin, to live a perfect life for you and for me, to put upon His back the sin of humanity, and to go to the cross and die, and not just die, but be buried, to defeat death, hell, and the grave, and bless God on that third day, get up. And not just to get up, but to 40 days later go back to heaven and to be seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Boy, that's a good Christmas right there. That's a good Christmas right there. Stand with me for the reading of God's Word. Malachi chapter 2 and in verse 16. <coughs> for the Lord, the God of Israel, saith that he hateth putting away, for one covereth violence with his garment, saith the Lord of hosts. Therefore, take heed to your spirit that ye deal not treacherously. Ye have wearied the Lord with your words. Yet ye say, Wherein have ye wearied him? When ye say, Everyone that doeth evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delighteth in them. Or where is the God of judgment? Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in, behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. Dear Heavenly Father, I am so thankful that you came. Your word said you would come, and you did exactly what your word said you would do. And I'm so thankful that you fulfilled the preaching of every Old Testament preacher that there ever was. You fulfilled every sermon that they ever preached about you. Bless God, you came. And you did everything that you said you would do. And God, if you would do it one time, you'll do it the second time. And you promise that you're going to come again. And God, as you came the first time, I believe you're going to come again. And I know all the preaching that I've done and every preacher in this age has done, Lord, I know you're going to fulfill every word of your holy word. God, I know you're going to fulfill every promise. And Lord, I just sit here and I look at the story that you came for sinners. And all I can say is thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for coming for me. Thank you, Lord, that you're a covenant-keeping God that you've kept every promise with every man that you ever made. And God, if you kept it in the past, you're going to keep it in present day. And God, if you're going to keep it today, you're going to keep it tomorrow. God, I'm glad you never change. I'm glad that this world may change, but your promises never will. Lord, give me help to preach your word this morning. Lord, I pray souls will be saved today. Fill this place with your Holy Spirit. Dear God, I pray that we'll feel you moving in this place like we never have before. God, I didn't come to come get some religious routine. Lord, I want something from you today. Dear God, I want to feel you in this place. God, I want you to move and to work like you never have. God, I pray that we'll leave this place changed. To you be all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. I want to speak to you on the birth of Jesus. 
But I also want to speak to you on the messenger of the covenant. Next week we will have the children's play, and then the next week we will have the adult choir. And uh, I want you to be here for this. They have worked so hard. And so you be sure to be here for this. And so many times people say, well, preacher, you can't preach. Oh, I'm going to preach. I'm, uh, I, I'm going to get my time in. I may not be as long. Uh, but I want to speak to you about the messenger of the covenant. And then I'm going to continue the next two weeks to finish this thought of the messenger of the covenant, the birth of Jesus. In Malachi chapter 2 and chapter 3, the Old Testament prophet Malachi was the last prophet given in the Old Testament age. He was there about four to 450 years before the time of Christ. Malachi is one of the last known prophets. A prophet was a man that God gave to the people to be a messenger on his behalf. They were to speak, not their own sermon, not their own words, but the word of God. Up to this point, prophet after prophet after prophet has spoken and foretold of a Messiah to come. They have preached for thousands of years that the anointed one of God would come, that the Messiah would come. And some 400 years before the scripture would be fulfilled, the very last prophet given to the Old Testament people of Israel, that God sent this messenger to them to remind them one more time that Jesus is coming, that Jesus is coming. And what I thought was great is the last prophet that the Old Testament would have prophesied that the next prophet would come. In chapter 3 and verse 1, he reveals two messengers that would come to, to planet earth. The first messenger is John the Baptist. John the Baptist is the first prophet that he speaks of. And so between Malachi and John the Baptist, there was no other minister, no other prophet to speak on behalf of God. And so when John the Baptist came, he came to preach a message. His message was a little different. His message was about redemption and repentance. His message was moving into the age of grace. He's getting off the Old Testament law and preaching that you must repent of your sins and put all of your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. The Old Testament prophet Malachi said that one would come to prepare the way. I'll tell you what, for one to come to prepare the way for the other, the other must be very important. The other must have an important job. If one had to come just to prepare his way, God must have had a big plan for the one. God must have had a big job for the one. Malachi said there's a messenger coming. There's one coming that will preach this message, but there's one that's coming after him. That is the messenger of the covenant. The messenger of the covenant. Now I want to speak to you about the messenger of the covenant and the importance of the messenger of the covenant is found right here in this scripture. If you'll look there in, uh, in chapter 2, we see there in verse 16, it says, For the Lord, the God of Israel, saith that he hateth putting away, for one covereth violence with his garment, saith the Lord of hosts. Therefore take heed to your spirit that ye deal not treacherously. Right here in the book of Malachi, the nation of Israel is in a mess. 
okay? They're in a mess. They've came back from Babylon. They have been overtaken by the Babylonians, the Assyrians, the Medo-Persian uh, uh, Empire, and now the Romans is about to come in and to control them. And they begin to talk about, and God is talking about, how they have broke the promise that they made with the Lord. In the next verse, they're fixing to ask God about Him keeping His promise. But in verse 16, the Lord is kind of saying, you know what? You have not kept your promise. You see, God made promises to Israel. And God promised them a Messiah. And God promised them help. God promised that they could dwell in the land. God promised that He would take care of their enemies. God made all of these promises. But at the end of the day, Israel has not yet kept their promise. What was their end of the deal? He said, follow me. Love me. Put me number one. Do everything in your life to follow me and the Word, and you can dwell in the land as long as you want to. You follow me, you love me, you make me the God of your life, and you can dwell in this land, and I'll take care of every enemy that you've got. Before Babylon came in, God sent them another word through the prophet Jeremiah, and he said, listen, Nebuchadnezzar, or not Nebuchadnezzar, uh, what's his name? Babylon. You know his name. Anyway, he's coming through and he's going to destroy you. If you do not respond and turn to me right now, he will destroy you. He will destroy the nation of Israel. They will not turn from their wicked way. They will not turn to the Lord. And you know what? They were carried away into Babylonian captivity. And they were taken away. And then the Medo-Persian Empire. And now the Romans. And now for 2,500 years, they've been scattered upon the face of the earth. You know why? Because they did not keep their end of the promise that they made to the Lord. The Lord said, I'll take care of you. I'll do everything for you. But you've got to do one thing. You've got to follow me. You've got to trust me. And you've got to love me. Let me tell you something. Every time Israel turned their back against God, it got bad on them. Every time that we turn our back against the Lord, it's going to get bad on us. Let me tell you something. We better be careful with the covenants and the promises we make to the Lord. Because the Lord is going to hold you to those promises. And Israel made these promises with God. And God said, you know what? You hadn't kept your end of the deal. Well, then they turned around and they said, well, where is this God of judgment? You told us that you are a covenant-keeping God. You told us that you would take care of us. You told us, and all of these nations are raging against us. All of these nations are trying to destroy us and trying to kill us. Where is this covenant-keeping God at? Why isn't He keeping His covenant? Let me tell you something. You may not can trust in the promises of this preacher, but you can trust in the promises of God. And when God said He's going to do something, God's going to do it sometimes in spite of us, in spite of our disobedience. Isn't God good in spite of us? And God and, and the nation of Israel said, well, nation is, is destroying us. Nation after nation is trying to destroy us and wipe us off of planet Earth. Where are you, God? Where's these promises that you made to us? And then the prophet Malachi in chapter 3, verse 1 said, Oh, by the way, a messenger's coming. And then after this messenger, the messenger of the covenant. We made a promise. You didn't fulfill your end of the deal, but God's going to fulfill His end of the deal. With who? The messenger of the covenant, Jesus Christ. Jesus is the fulfillment 
of the covenant that God had made with Israel. Every promise that God ever made Israel was fulfilled through the life of Jesus Christ. Every promise that He ever made you and made me is fulfilled through the work and finished work of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the fulfillment of the promise of God to His people. I want you to know that everything that God promised, He has kept through His Son, Jesus Christ. When Jesus came to the earth, He yielded to the will of the Father. What was the, the, the will of the Father? What was His plan? Was to keep the promises that He made to the people. Everything Jesus did, He did it because God made a promise. In His life alone is the fulfillment of the promises of God. All of the promises of God are, are laid upon the back of Jesus Christ. And bless God, every promise that God has made us is going to be kept because of the work of Jesus Christ. Not because of me, not because of the church I belong to, but bless God, because of the Son of God. That He alone is the fulfillment of the promise. Heaven is promised for us. How's it going to be fulfilled? He's going to prepare me a mansion. Bless God, Jesus is preparing that place. How about salvation? The promise of salvation. It is done through the finished work of Jesus Christ. What about the security of the believer? I can't keep myself saved, but bless God, Jesus can keep me saved. What about the promise of when I'm down and I'm low and I don't know where else to turn? There's a promise that Jesus said, I'm with you, I'll never forsake you, I'll never leave you. Bless God, every promise that God ever made is fulfilled through that relationship that I have with Jesus Christ. If you don't know Jesus, you don't know the promises of God. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, God can't keep His in, and God wants to. Amen? He's doing anything and everything He can. But you must trust in Jesus for God to fulfill His promise in your life. We go back very quick. Go with me to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 13. And this messenger of the covenant, we see a new covenant that he's going to bring in. But first off, I want us to look at the old covenant. I'll get on the, the new covenant next week in the next two weeks. Bless God, I preach on this all day long. Man, I love it. But one of the most important things is that God kept His Word. Because God has made some promises in the past. And it's so important to look back how God's a covenant-keeping God. Because if He can keep His, His promise to Abraham and to David and to Adam, surely He can keep it with us. I want you to look in Genesis uh, chapter 13 and verse 14. We see the first covenant that He made. And we're going to look at three main covenants. And we're going to run through these. The first one's with Abraham. And the Lord said in verse 14, The Lord said unto Abram, After that lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which thou seest to thee will I give it, 
and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land, and the length of it, the breadth of it, and I will give it unto thee. Then Abram removed his tent, came and dwelt in the plain of Merom, and which is in Hebron, and built there an altar unto the Lord. We see the first covenant that God made. It was with Abraham. Abraham is the father of Israel. What's the promise? He said, I promise you a son. I promise you a son that your seed will last forever. That the seed of Abraham will last forever. No matter what nations try to do, the seed of Abraham would last. It blows my mind how every country just about in the world despises the seed of Israel. Despises the seed of Abraham. It amazes me how Hitler began to destroy the Jews and killed six million Jews. It, it blows my mind how all these big world empires tried to destroy the Jews, but yet they could not destroy them. They could not wipe them off the face of the earth. You see, nation after nation has tried to destroy the seed of God, and they were unable to simply because God made a promise. And He said, your seed will last forever. A seed of Abraham is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And do you understand that God made a covenant with Abraham? You follow me. Your seed follow me. You love me. And I will keep my uh, commandment. And I will keep my promise unto you. And that promise is not one nation on this earth will be able to destroy you. I will keep you forever. What did he also make a promise about? The land. The land. The land. And you say, well, you know, they hadn't always owned the land, but it's always been their land. And they hadn't always dwelt there because they were disobedient. But now they're back. And the Palestinians are crying, it's our land, it's our land. No, friend. God promised way back yonder that that's the land of Israel. I made a covenant. I made a promise. Every nation in the world has tried to pluck them out of that piece of property. And they can't. Because the zeal of the Lord is upon them. And I'm telling you, you'll never be able to remove Israel from the land of Israel again because God made them a promise. And He said, your seed will last for all of eternity. And Jesus Christ is the very proof that God kept that promise because He alone is the seed of Israel. He alone is the seed of Abraham. And the promise that He kept with Abraham is going to be there for all of eternity. You know why? Because you could wipe out all of Israel if you wanted to. It's not going to happen. But you can wipe them all out. And the day that Jesus steps back on planet earth, he's the seed of Abraham. Amen. And Jesus alone is the fulfillment of a son that your seed will last forever. And so when these people are thinking in the book of Malachi and they're saying, Oh, Malachi, oh God, where's these promises that He made? It's coming through a person by the name of Jesus. The Messiah is coming to fulfill that promise that the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob made. Let me tell you something. God kept His promise with Abraham. He promised him a son. And He gave him Jesus. 
And Jesus is the descendant of Abraham. You do anything you want to do to the Jews, you can't wipe them out because God made a promise. And through the life of Jesus, that promise is kept. I want you to go to 2 Samuel chapter 7. If you're with me, say amen. I'm getting somewhere, but I want you to stay with me so you understand when we get there. 2 Samuel. Second Samuel chapter 7, we find the second covenant. And this covenant was made with King David. We have a nation in Abraham. We have a people in Abraham. But God is fixing to set up something else through the seed of David. Second Samuel chapter 7 and verse 8. Now therefore so shalt thou say unto my servant David, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I took thee from the sheep coat, from following the sheep, to be ruler over my people over Israel. And I was with thee whithersoever thou wentest, and have cut off all thine enemies out of thy sight, and have made thee a great name, like unto the name of the great men that are in the earth. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, that they may dwell in a place of their own, and move no more, neither shall the children of wickedness afflict them any more as before time. And as since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, and have caused thee to rest from all thine enemies, also the Lord telleth thee that he will make thee a house. And when thy days be fulfilled, thou shalt sleep with thy fathers. I will set up thy seed, here we go, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. So we have a people, and now we have a kingdom. Notice what he said in verse 14. I will be his father. He shall be my son if he commit iniquity. I will chasten him and the rod of men with the stripes of the children of men. But my mercy shall not depart away from him as I took it from Saul, whom I put away before thee. And thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever. When Malachi is talking to the people, the throne of Israel did not exist anymore. When the carrying away of Babylon, there is not been a throne of Israel since then. So to the people of Israel, it was almost like that God had broken his covenant, his promise that he made with David. What did he tell David? Your kingdom will last forever. There will always be a throne of Israel. And God wanted that. But in reality, it hadn't been that for 2,500 years. And right now in the nation of Israel, they have a president, they have a prime minister, they have a cabinet, they have all this, but they don't have a king. They don't have a throne. They don't have the throne of Israel. And you see, when this Messiah came, the nation of Israel wanted the, the, the lion of the tribe of Judah. They wanted Jesus to come like a roaring lion in His first coming, but He didn't. He came as, as an obedient servant, and He came in that manger and was given to mankind. You see, they wanted Him in His first advent to come as this mighty roaring lion to be the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But in reality, the first time He came, He came to save them. He came to save them, and they denied Him, and they rejected Him. Stay with me now. But He made a promise. 
Your throne will last forever. And you say, Preacher, where's the throne of Israel? Has God broken His promise? Absolutely not. Because the one who has the right to that throne is not here on earth, but He's in heaven. Jesus Christ is the only one that has the right to sit as the King of Israel. He is the only one that has the right to be the, the King and Lord of Israel. You know why? Because God gave him that right through his birthright, through the side of his mother and the side of his father. Every right in, in right to that throne sits in the possession of Jesus Christ. So when Jesus comes, he will come as the King of Israel. He will come as the King of kings and Lord of lords. He will be the rightful king. He, that seed is His. You know why? Because God kept a promise. God kept a promise way back yonder. And no matter how foolish Israel's been, no matter how disobedient they've been, God made a promise. And God's going to keep His end. How is God going to keep His end? Through the life of Jesus. Through the work of Jesus Christ. Yes, He came in a lowly manger. But bless God, next time everybody's going to know when He steps out. Because He's coming as a roaring lion. And there will be a shout. And every eye will see Him. And everybody will know when the King of Israel will come again. I'm telling you, yes, He came in a manger last time. But bless God, He's coming back on a horse. He's coming to rule and reign. He's coming to be the rightful heir to the throne of Israel. Why, preacher? Because my God is a covenant-keeping God. And God has kept every promise that He ever made. And so when Malachi said that the messenger of the covenant is coming. The one to fulfill that promise is on his way. Turn with me to Genesis. Genesis chapter 3. If you're with me, say amen. amen. Genesis chapter 3. I'm about to burn slap up in here. We see the third promise, the third covenant. He promised Abraham a son. He promised David a sovereign. Bless God, He promised Adam a Savior. Whew. Adam messed up. And he sinned. And sin fell upon mankind. And the curse of sin fell upon mankind. And it ruined mankind. It alienated mankind. But God said at the very beginning, He made a promise. Notice what He said in verse 14. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. And upon thy belly shalt thou go, and thus shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Now listen, I will put enmity between thee and the woman. He's talking to the devil. He said, I'll put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. You say, what is that, preacher? That is a promise to Adam for a Savior. Adam messed up. Adam and Eve sinned, and sin fell upon them, and they were alienated from God. Their fellowship was ruined. Their connection between them and God, they were divided now. They were not one with God anymore. God said, I'm going to fix that. I'm going to fix that. Bless God, He didn't send a lawyer. He didn't send a surgeon. 
He didn't send a philosopher. He sent a Savior. And he said, Adam, I'm going to make you a promise that though you're going to have to deal with sin, though the curse of sin is going to be on your back and thorns and thistles and all of this, I promise you one thing. I promise you a Savior. You messed up, but I'm going to help you. And I'm going to send you a Savior. And I'm going to call His name Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us. Malachi was talking to the people and they said, where's our help? Malachi said, the messenger of the covenant's coming. He made a covenant with Adam that he would send a Savior. And when Jesus came, he came to save the world. Yes, he came to save Israel. And he would have saved Israel if they would have just turned to him. Israel would never had to go through these 2,500 years if they would have just listened to the Lord. If they would have just accepted Jesus as their Messiah. And we're like, my gosh, I can't believe Israel didn't see it. I can't believe they didn't get it. Folks, we don't get it either half the time. So many people miss the fact that Jesus alone is the Savior of the world. That's the greatest news. That's the best news. You don't need any other news. Turn off Fox News. Turn off CNN. Turn off MSNBC. And get in the Word of God. And you will see in the Word of God that God sent us a Savior. I don't need a politician. I don't need a Republican. And I don't need a Democrat. I need a Savior. I'm going to say it again. You don't need a Republican. You don't need a Democrat. You don't need a politician. You don't need a president. You don't need a king. You need a Savior. You need a Savior. Why? Because we need to be saved from our sins. If you're here this morning and you've never been saved, He will save you. And He will make you a promise. That if you put all your trust in Jesus, that you'll live forevermore. You say, preacher, how do I know that God's going to keep His promise? Because He kept His promise to Israel. He kept His promise to Abraham. He kept His promise to David. And He kept His promise to Adam. Adam messed up. God said, I'm going to fix it. And He did. If you're here this morning, you've never been saved. You need to be saved today. Child of God, you're sitting there and you're saying, Preacher, how do I apply this to my life? God made you a lot of promises. And there's times, just like Israel was sitting there, where's this God of promise? Where's this covenant keeping God? That old devil works on us so bad sometimes. And we think, where's God in all of His promises? You hold on. Because God made a promise. And if God made you a promise, He's going to keep it. And He's going to keep it through His Son, Jesus. Not through a preacher, not through a religion, not through a church membership, but through His Son, Jesus. Every promise that God's made right here can be fulfilled in your life through a personal relationship with Christ. Your religion will send you to hell, but your relationship with Jesus will save you.